I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother. Episode 43, Interfaith Children's Circle. Hi everyone, I'm Andrea Hope, a poet, a wife, a mother, and a Baha'i, and this is my podcast to mother where I share my recommendations and insights about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and sometimes my poetry. And before I start, I do want to say that it is Rizvan right now, so happy Rizvan to everyone. And if you're looking for an episode about ideas for celebrating Rizvan with your children's class or your family, and you're like, why aren't you talking about Rizvan right now? (laughs) Please listen to episodes 6, 7, and 8 of the podcast, because last year I extensively went into a list, particularly episode 7 of Rizvan resources, and I gave... 12 ideas of things that you can do. You can also, as always, check out my Etsy shop, Andrea Hope Org, Andrea Hope O-R-G, and you can find some extra resources there. But today we're going to be talking about hosting an interfaith children's circle. Now this is the name of essentially the devotional that we host in my neighborhood for small children. So that's kind of zero to five-year-olds um, for families to come and attend together. So in the Baha'i community, when you gather for prayer, it's called a devotional. But in our community, because we wanted it to be an interfaith devotional space, and we know that devotional isn't a term that a lot of people are familiar with, we decided to call it the Interfaith Children's Circle. So we meet every other Saturday in the field next to the playground, and each family has their own little blanket or whatever they want to bring to cover the ground. And we take turns singing songs that are related to faith or virtues, and then we end with reading a story. And because the children are quite young, we try to, you know, do movements that help them to become active. We have snacks, so that helps with some of their restlessness. But yeah, we don't try to do it for too long, maybe 15, 20 minutes. We sit in the circle and we sing songs. Whenever I read the book, I really try to make sure that it's interactive, asking questions, So the last one, we learned about saying hello in different languages, so trying to get them to remember how do you say hello in different languages and asking them what languages they know and things like that. And then after that, it's right next to the playground. So then the kids just go play together in the playground, and it's a great opportunity for the adults to get to know each other better and just to, you know, build community in that way. So I've been really happy uh, me and a couple other moms hosted together, and I wanted to talk about the tips that I have for having an interfaith children's circle or prayer gathering devotional. Now, the reading that I chose is from the prophet Baha'u'llah. It's from the tablets of Baha'u'llah. Tarazat means the ornaments. So this is the second Taraz, which talks about consorting with the followers of all religions. The second Taraz is to consort with the followers of all religions in a spirit of friendliness and fellowship, to proclaim that which the speaker on Sinai has set forth and to observe fairness in all matters. They that are endued with sincerity and faithfulness should associate with all the peoples and kindreds of the earth with joy and radiance, inasmuch as consorting with people hath promoted and will continue to promote unity and concord, which in turn are conducive to the maintenance of order in the world and to the regeneration of nations. Blessed are such as hold fast to the cord of kindliness and tender mercy and are free from animosity and hatred. This wrong one exhorteth the peoples of the world to observe tolerance and righteousness. We are two lights amidst the darkness of the world and two educators for the edification of mankind. 
Happy are they who have attained thereto, and woe betide the heedless. So I'll read it one more time. The second taraz is to consort with the followers of all religions in a spirit of friendliness and fellowship, to proclaim that which the speaker on Sinai has set forth, and to observe fairness in all matters. They that are endued with sincerity and faithfulness should associate with all the peoples and kindreds of the earth with joy and radiance, inasmuch as consorting with people hath promoted and will continue to promote unity and concord, which in turn are conducive to the maintenance of order in the world and to the regeneration of nations. Blessed are such as hold fast to the cord of kindliness and tender mercy and are free from animosity and hatred. This wrong one exhorted the peoples of the world to observe tolerance and righteousness, which are two lights amidst the darkness of the world and two educators for the edification of mankind. Happy are they who have attained thereto, and woe betide the heedless. This principle of the Baha'i faith that we can consort with the followers of our religions in a spirit of friendliness and fellowship is one that I really hold dear to my heart. It's something that has attracted a lot of Baha'is to this faith is the fact that they don't have to treat people differently or think that people are going to hell or have uh, certain mindsets about people based on the way that they worship. So Baha'is do believe in progressive revelation, that the prophets are sent from God over time to educate the people according to their maturity, but that we're always learning about the same God or trying to learn about the same God. And therefore, uh, spiritually, I can be the same as a Christian or a Jewish person or a Muslim person or a Sikh person in the sense that we're all trying to become closer to God and follow these principles in order to live more spiritual lives. But as a Baha'i, I simply believe that Baha'u'llah is the most recent messenger and therefore his teachings are most applicable for this day. So that doesn't mean that I don't believe what Christ said or I don't believe what Muhammad said. Of course, people are going to have different interpretations of that. So some people might feel like, oh, well, if you believe Baha'u'llah, then you're not following Christ and you're not following Buddha. But as a Baha'i, I do believe that I'm also following those other prophets by following Baha'u'llah. And Baha'u'llah and Abdu'l Baha and the centers of the faith have explained how the writings of other religions apply to Baha'is. Um, but I do believe that those laws, principles, teachings were appropriate for that time or that community, and that Baha'u'llahs are most appropriate for this time. And so that's why it really frees Baha'is to be able to consort with people of all religions with this understanding that we're all really seeking deep down the same spiritual connection to live better lives and to be happier and to be more unified, and that that comes in different forms. And we would like to invite people to learn about the Baha'i principles and see if they think that these are the most applicable for our day and age and if they can feel that connection to Baha'u'llah and the Bab and the principles of our faith. But if not, <laughs> we can still respect them and we can still consort with them in a spirit of friendliness and fellowship and we have no need to condemn them. Our responsibility in teaching is just to put it out there to make sure that anyone who wants to know can find out about it, but then their decision is between them and God. So that's really important distinction that's been great for me to be able to have these interfaith circles. And I will say, I know there are obviously 
social justice challenges in the United States. But something that I'm really grateful is that it's so diverse in the United States that the idea of interfaith gatherings isn't really considered strange. So if you're in other countries where there's less diversity and the majority of people are like Catholic, for instance, in Poland, the idea of an interfaith gathering is really strange because the only faith there is pretty much Christianity. Of course, there are like very small um, minorities of other religions, but this concept of religion, you automatically think of Catholicism, you automatically think of Christianity. So one of the beauties of the diversity of the United States is even the fact that people know about different types of religions and that there is this concept that we can have different understandings of this but join together and just learn about each other and learning doesn't necessarily mean that you agree <laughs> or that you'll follow it or that your interpretation of it is the same but I really love this uh, capacity in the American community to be open to hearing and learning about other faiths. Someone's religion, similar to other aspects of their culture, can be heavily influenced just by where they were born and you know how their family grew up. Have they been exposed to other ways of thinking? And I love that in the United States, there's a lot of exposure to other ways of thinking. It can cause judgment and conflict, which is why I think that's like the warning in this part of the writings don't let that cause disunity and tension that people are different you know even if they are and even if you do believe that maybe what they're doing isn't the best way to serve mankind being rude and being hateful to them and having animosity isn't going to help the situation and it isn't what God is asking of you to do so then you're losing connection with who you are as a believer in God and you're losing an opportunity to be closer to them and bring them closer to God if that's your hope by being hateful to them. So yeah, I think just on so many levels, this is really applicable to our society. And I think that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have this be an interfaith children's circle so that we, we're not just going and saying, okay, these are the Baha'i principles and we want to help people with these ideas and this learning, but we want to get to know what are the different faith communities that are represented in our neighborhood, and can we welcome them to a space together where we can gather about our commonalities, even with kids at this very young age, and learn from each other and build community in that sense. So the living the life tip that I have is to invite local theists to your gatherings. So I use the term theist. It sounds very scientific, but I couldn't really think of another word that just means followers of different religions. So essentially invite followers of different religions specifically to your gatherings to talk about their faith. So I got this idea from a friend in the community. Her name is Joy, and she does a virtual children's class. It's mostly about Baha'i um, stories and quotes and things like that. But she does include stories and information about other religions. So like recently for Easter, we sang a Christian song and she told the story about Jesus. And so she was just talking recently about how she wanted to have something about Hinduism, but she doesn't really know much about Hinduism at all. But she knew someone in her area that does. And so she invited him to come and talk to her about it so she could learn more. And she was planning to invite him to join the class so that he could share a story. And I thought, oh, that's such a great idea to think of a holiday or to think of any occasion where you can invite people to share their stories. So you're giving an opportunity for a person to share something that's close to their heart and their spirit and to educate the group. You're giving them opportunity to serve the group from the very first time that they interact with your circle. And then you're having an opportunity to build a bond with that person in the community. 
So that's what I'm planning to do for Shavuot, which is a Jewish holiday. I have posted in my local group if anyone who is from the Jewish community would like to share a story or a song. Hopefully we'll be able to do that throughout the year, invite specifically people of different faiths to come and share. You know, of course, let them know it's for zero to five-year-olds. So far, we've had two families just reply that they would like to attend the class. Um, I'm not sure if either of them are Jewish, but that's great. Also, of course, we want anyone who wants to come to attend. But I'm hoping that throughout the year, I can keep track of the different festivals or holidays and take those opportunities for us to specifically and directly invite people of different faiths to join our gathering. So to go along with that, the resource I wanted to share to get an interfaith calendar and so online, I saw the Council of Religious Leaders of Metropolitan Chicago have an interfaith calendar. And of course, different faiths can start the year on different days. So I think to be consistent, it's going to follow the Gregorian calendar, January through December. But then it's going to have the dates during the year that are special holy days for different religions. Of course, it's a little bit late, but I still think it's a great opportunity to get it. And as always, I will have the links to the resources that I find in my show notes, which are on tomother.breastsprout.com or in the app wherever you're listening to this podcast. Another book that I came across is called Hats of Faith. And I thought that was also very interesting that you could read in your children's circle or devotionals. And so it does point out that in different religious communities, there are different kinds of head coverings that distinguish people of different faiths. So it's really interesting, you know, to be reminded of that. Oh, yeah, most religions do have these different kind of head coverings. Of course, as Baha'is, we don't have a specific head covering for our faith. So I thought maybe down the line, I can create a version that includes more faith and includes the Baha'i faith. That's maybe places of worship or symbols of faith that can expand to include more religions. But yeah, I'll also just put a link to that book, Hats of Faith, as well. So I thought I would end this podcast by reading one of my poems. And if you have any tips or any topics that you would like me to include or that you'd like to discuss or recommend, definitely email me at info at andreahope.org. I just got an email today that told me that we've had 1,500 downloads, so that's great. I'm glad that people are downloading, but I also would like to hear more feedback from people about what they would like to hear or how they feel about the format or any resources that I missed out on. There's lots more room for me to highlight other businesses, maybe even those outside of crafts and books and things like that. That would be helpful for people to know about. But for this episode, thank you for your time and for joining me. And I'm ending with my poem, God is One. From time immemorial, humans have tilted their chins, pointed or square, protruding or hardly there, up toward the shifting sky, and belted out one lingering cry. Why? Why do I exist? Among and yet above those that swim and walk and fly, why am I, I? Why? Why do I question the questions that traverse the restless mind? On every page of every age, prophets prescribe the words divine. We are one, one God, one love, one light. One simple lesson worth repeating 100,000 times. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator, that's me. 
For more information about the Baha'i faith, including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit Baha'i.org.